Yeah, so oh, that's going to be annoying. Ooh. It keeps happening. <laughs> <laughs> We're just finally exiting motorcycle season so I can finally sleep at night. Exactly. I gotcha. I, well, I'm lucky that uh, I just got a new upstairs neighbor, and um, apparently the answer is in her apartment somewhere. She just can't locate it yet, <laughs> so she keeps walking back and forth until she finds it. Uh, is, <laughs> is the best thing that I can <laughs> up replicating the error in pantomime so like i'll be like i bump my head and i'll smack my head really hard like <laughs> oh no just like that just like that yeah <laughs> did you see what i did i did this oh i've done it again <laughs> so that's why i had to pull the beer away from the edge in case my can you imagine if i push it off the edge like this became me pushing it off the edge the end Welcome, Welcome to, to Super Duper Superstitious, the paranormal <laughs> podcast about the science behind the spooky and strange and paranormal and that One more. Stuff. Supernatural. Okay, fine. And uh, I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And welcome back, everybody. For the entire month of October, just like last year, we set the president with our second October of existence. We started doing interviews with cool people all around to talk, talk about spooky stuff, talk about other stuff. We're going to be doing that again even more so this month. And so we'll be kicking that off this week with an interview with Jonathan Notek of Prohibition Tours in the windiest of cities, yes. Chicago. Jonathan Notek of uh, Prohibition Tours as well as Chicago Pizza Tours, mm-hmm. the original. The original. And uh, he's going to talk to us about... The OGPT. Yes. Um, about some of his spooky experiences he's had as well as some cool Chicago history. And uh, without further ado... Welcome to the show. Do you go by Jonathan or John? Uh, you know what? Uh, here's what I'll tell you. I introduce myself as Jonathan. I'm not super picky after that. You want to call me John? You're more than welcome to call me John. That's fine. Okay. Joe Nathan Notek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonathan Notek uh, from Chicago, Illinois. He's here to talk to us about some of his cool tour guide stuff he does and uh, and some spooky stories as well. So. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome hey, to the show. Hey, how are you doing, boys? Yeah, so you've got uh, some spooky stories as well as a pretty awesome background in the beer tour scene and other interesting endeavors in the Chicago area. Um, is there one or another that you'd like to talk about first? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about what we do. Um, yeah, so, how about that? Uh, my baby, what I what I do, what I came up with is the Chicago Prohibition Tour. It's a speakeasy awesome. tour. Um, we go to four places at a time that were working speakeasies during Prohibition uh, and are still working bars today. We give you the history of each place that we go to. We talk about um, how the bar would have operated, um, basically what it took to get a drink during Prohibition. Huh. And then obviously because it's Chicago, right, you can't you can't not talk about the gangsters and all that fun stuff. So it's uh, we like to call it a crash course in Prohibition. It's by <laughs> no means comprehensive, but like it, it's... 
ideally you're going to know more leaving than you ever did coming in. And, you know, just even the basic rules of prohibition, people sometimes are lost on and don't understand what they were. So, um, it's been a lot of fun. We also have the pizza tour. That's the original business, uh, that, uh, my business partner, John Porter owns outright. Um, and it's the same essential, um, structure where it's four places at a time. Uh, give you the history of the pizzeria, the style of the pizza, talk about cooking methods, all kinds of things like that. Um, and then for that one, when we're driving around, it's kind of a general tour of the city. So we cover some gangster stuff and whatever. Um, but aside from those things, I've, I, I guess I'm calling myself, I don't know that anyone else would refer to me as this, but I, I've been sort of an unofficial tour guide for sure. Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, oh. which is reported to be the most haunted location in all of Illinois. It's a cemetery wow. in the middle. Of, wow. Yeah. It's a cemetery in the middle of the Rubio Woods Forest Preserve, which is, uh, down in the south suburbs, uh, and it's this creepy, dilapidated old cemetery in the middle of the woods, basically. And you got to mm. walk down this old path to get there, and there's all kinds of weird stories that come along with it. And so it, it happened that one night, uh, my cousin and I, who was visiting from out of town, <laughs> we were just one night, I had a couple of ghost books about the area, and mm-hmm. he was like, hey, let's just go go to these places. Let's just do it. So at like <laughs> one, in the clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, we got in the car and just started going it's to these pretty haunted spooky cemeteries <laughs> around the, the general Chicago area, <laughs> just, just for fun, because what else were we going to do, I guess? And uh, we came upon that one, and I didn't really at the time know its lore. And it became a kind of thing where it would be when I was in college, it would be someone would be talking about it. And then, you know, to some other person and and someone would know that I'd been there and then be like, you know, you got to talk about or talk to about that is no tech. He's been there. Oh, uh, wow. Apparently he's gone there a bunch of times. You got to talk to him. He knows all about it. And it's <laughs> like, I mean, OK, <laughs> that's <guess>. amazing. <laughs> so I'm just imagining that. Whatever you experienced in there, the reason they're referring back to you now is because you're sitting in like the corner of the cafeteria or something with a really haunted look in your face, having been through yeah, yeah, something right, horrible. Right. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'll be real honest with you. I'm not uh, that guy. Obviously, so you're approaching the paranormal from a scientific aspect, mm-hmm. which is, I, I, I wouldn't say that I do the same. I try to approach it from what I guess I would refer to as a rational Sure. point of view oh. i'm trying to explain what i saw as yeah. opposed to it was a ghost right as, no it was fog it was uh uh your breath caught the light a certain way or precisely whatever. what you we know do what as well in fact that's exactly right um yeah perfect perfect uh yeah. so that so goes to lengths to say what you're perhaps about to have experienced uh carry on i'll tell you the first time that that it was just me and my cousin we went and um the only thing that scared me was a white-tailed deer that ran past <laughs> ah, <us>. yes <laughs> uh which yeah caught me off guard uh, we didn't really see I, I i can't give you any kind of experience as far as that night goes i can tell you that we went just the two of us and we were walking around and uh while we were in there I'm looking down the path towards out the exit, uh, down the path, and I see this light like bouncing along. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kids with a camera, mm-hmm. uh, just <laughs> like us. And so I was like, "This is gonna be a lot of fun." Uh, so <laughs> they get to the entrance, and I can hear them. They're like on a cell phone. They're talking mm-hmm. to someone else. 
And I just turned the light on and just pointed it at him. Oh Didn't boy. say a word. Just <laughs> just pointed at him. They start freaking out. Uh-huh. Oh my god, what the f- what the hell's going on? <laughs> they're like, hello, hello. And then we just started laughing. We're like, yeah, come on in. Those ghosts uh, are laughing at us. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Please freeze. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so it wasn't until years later that I went back. I went back with uh, uh, three friends. Uh, one of my best friends, the girl he was dating at the time, um, and uh, another one of our friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had heard about Bachelor's Grove, and my buddy knew that I had been there. And so he's like, let's go. So again, it's like midnight. We were in the city. We, we piled into the car. And mm. it's a solid probably hour drive down there at least. Wow. And uh, so we get into the car, and we go down there. It was one of those nights where there seems to be a cop on every corner. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, and... As we approach the cemetery, <clears throat> the, you, you go down Midlothian Road or the old Midlothian Turnpike, and it comes to a, there's a little bit of a fork, and then you can see there's all woods on your right hand side, huh. and then you can see kind of like a little gap, and that's because there's a quarry pond hmm. right next to the road, mm-hmm. which incidentally to tie back into the Prohibition tour, uh, although no proof of this has ever been found, supposedly that is where uh, the mob dumped bodies back in, the, back in the 60s and 70s. Um, anyway, so we're getting close to that point, and there is a car just on my ass, and, oh and I that kind of thing drives me nuts. And I remember no, like intended. swearing and being like, "This effing guy needs to get off my ass or whatever." And I sped up. Please, at language, which point language. My were like, "Hey, man, there's cops everywhere tonight. Right. Like, let's not get pulled over." I right. Mean, and I remember being like, "What? What? What? For speeding? Like, right. like I just <laughs> over the top." Anyway, so once we're done yelling at each other, I I look back, car's gone. Um, Not there anymore. There's really no place to turn off at that point. There's Mm. no houses. There is a forest preserve, but it's gated, Mm. uh, especially at the time we were there. Um, Now, I figured car turned around. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a cop just trying to figure out what we were doing. Yeah, right. Left. Okay. So we park... We're walking through the woods. We're going. We get. We get to the path because you kind of have to walk through the woods to get to the path. So we get mm. to the path. We're walking down the path. And you ever have that thing where you were with a group of people and now you realize you are no longer with a group of people. You've you kind are of walked away by yourself. Yeah. At this point, all of a sudden that washes over me. I turn around. The three of them are behind me about ten yards, and they are holding on to each other. Ooh. Uh, like they're gonna fly away if they if they don't uh, uh, clutch tight enough. Their grass. Yeah. So I walk back and I'm like, "What is the deal? What's the problem?" Yeah. And uh, they're like, "We keep hearing these noises and we keep seeing these red flashes at the end of the the path." Whoa. And I was in front and I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah, I wasn't I'm in seeing front. that. I haven't. Yeah, I'm the point man in right. this situation. <laughs> I know where I'm going. I'm seeing Tip nothing. I'm hearing nothing. By the way. Right. So then I walk back and they're they're like they're totally freaked out. And you know that thing that happens when someone you know everything's fine, but because someone else is so freaked out, it starts wearing on you a little bit. That's never happened right. to me in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> it's only ever so, happened to you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so I, yes. I start to I, I start to ratchet it up a little bit. 
Um, but I'm still not seeing her here. I, I do start to hear what they're talking about, and it's mm-hmm. this like low sort of moaning sound. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's all there is to it. You dropped that so casually. Well, well, and the reason I did that because turns out those were frogs. Oh, okay. Yeah, we found out on a later <laughs> visit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it was such a bizarre... I'd never heard frogs like that before. Oh. It was such a weird, oh. low, like... <laughs> so, anyway, we we start walking down the path again. I'm like, it's fine. There's not, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I take no more than ten steps further forward, and I see the red flash down Dude. the path. Mm-hmm. I mean... Just like that. It was Boom. those kids from the other day. Yeah. Well. So okay. So I immediately. So I immediately do the oh yeah you know, right thing like that, and I'm like okay yep okay definitely right. saw what you guys are talking about right right. Um. So now I'm at a place where I'm like okay, mm-hmm. something is at the end of the path. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's more than likely a human being, mm-hmm. which quite frankly I'm slightly more concerned about in the middle of the woods yeah. than, a, than a ghost. Ghosts don't um, mug you usually. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm now I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, you guys are freaked out to the point where you're ready to start sprinting. Mm-hmm. I am now slightly bothered by what's going on. Let's abort this whole thing. We right. can come back another time, whatever. Right. So we leave. Drive home. I go, I lived in the suburbs at the time. I go home. They go back to the city. Next morning, um, I get a phone call from my buddy. And he's like, he's he's like out of breath. He can like, he's like, oh, wow. He's like, you're never going to believe this. I'm How like, early is what? it? Are we talking here? Is it like it's first like thing 10, in the morning? It's like 10 a.m. Oh, I mean, okay, not yeah. first thing, but like, yeah, you know. Um, uh, you know, he's like, you're never going to believe this. I'm like, what's that? And he says, so we got back last night and we started to do some research about Bachelors Grove. You know what the number one and number two things are that people see are floating red and blue orbs and a ghost car that follows you and then disappears. Oh, my God. At which point, everything right now, still, I got goosebumps right now. I'm getting some chills myself. (laughs) Everything raises up. I'm like... Oh yeah, really? And and the, he's like, it's oh, I can't believe it. he's like, and and we're starting to talk to each other like, like that really happened, right? Like that car was behind yeah. us, and then it wasn't wasn't there. I'm like, yeah, man, you know. So I start to look into it, and sure enough, there it is. And there's def- different stories about it that it follows you, that it'll come straight towards you, and then disappear. All wow. that kind of stuff. Um, now that is again coming from what I told you guys earlier that I try to rationally explain everything. There's perfectly good explanations for that, but the fact that it fit the narrative so well sure, is kind yeah. of what made me be like, oh, oh yeah, okay. when it gets so exactly corroborated like that, I mean, it's right. totally freaky. Exactly. Now, I've been there several times since, um, and I've never experienced anything quite like that. Um, I'm I'm always now a little bit more on edge when I go because I've got that in the back of my mind. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've, I've never experienced anything quite like that since. Um, I've been there a week before Halloween mm. where there's, uh, that's just the, f- there's things falling out of the trees. There's noises everywhere. That's a little, <laughs> that can be a little intense, but like for the now, most part, I have to stop. Yeah, yeah. 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 By things falling out of the trees and things well, being acorns intense. and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. I was sorry, like, sorry. good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I just right, mean I fall time or just, you know, typical. And, yeah. I got yeah, bones falling from the sky. The usual. Bones yeah, and yeah, chunks exactly. of meat. Exactly. So I don't know how much, if you guys know anything about Bachelor's Grove, other than what I just told you, but it dates back to the mid, or actually early 1800s, like okay. 1830s was the first burials there. Mm. Um, it, it was uh, uh, There was a, a guy that actually relocated uh, the first
first settler there was relocated from New England when he first came. Mm. And there's several stories that go along with it. One is that there's this old farmhouse that you'll see, and then it it like raises up and then like shimmers and disappears. <laughs> or as you get closer to it, it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, and then it disappears. Oh, wow. There's hmm. a horse and carriage that supposedly comes up and down the path. Uh, and that was actually an accident. A guy uh, had an accident with his horse and carriage and died somewhere in that area. Mm. So. Uh, there's also I, I've even read that the horse died too. I don't know. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, apparently, Did the carriage survived. <laughs> uh, um, the craziest one I've heard because it's called Bachelors Grove Cemetery was that, uh, or story I've read rather, right. is that uh, there was a woman that used to lure bachelors into that area and then she would kill them. Sure, whatever. but that's just one of those urban legends that at least ties deals. in the name quite directly right yeah right there there's literally nothing else that comes close to corroborating anything like that i so, see uh, is that's there just any, one of those urban legend things is there anything to do with the car or the flashing red light or orbs blue or red orbs um any stories that go with those other than they just happen to happen there yeah they just happen to happen uh i i, I you know because obviously the orbs thing right that's sort of ubiquitous that's every haunted place yeah sure is, yeah. or floating orbs and whatever which is Nine times out of ten, dust that's oh, been yeah. caught by the, the and then the tenth camp. time it's bugs. <laughs> the tenth time yeah, exactly. it's bugs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. Um, so, as far as the car goes, I would have to look into that further. I've never sure. seen anything about a specific accident that happened there, right. or uh, you know anything like that. Um, and and what's what I find funny about it too is you know you got all these stories about the mob dumping bodies there, and Usually with an urban legend like that, there's someone who's seen, like, there's a man in a suit. He looks like he's from the 20s. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Nothing like that. Um, yeah, sure. There's been reported <laughs> monks being seen there at night, which, quite frankly, that actually might be... There is some evidence that at the height of its popularity in the 70s and 80s, um, there were, like, satanic rituals carried out there <laughs> oh, by, yes. you know, local teenagers and stuff like that. So that's probably what people saw with some kids, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's got all kinds of fun stories. And, wow. And, uh, and I've, I've at least been unnerved to the point where I can't officially explain what happened. I think I know what happened, but it's enough to make me go, mm, but also I don't know. Yeah, right. fair enough. You know. Well, surely it must have been strange to see the car following you was a Ford Model T. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that should have, I should have yeah. thought about that right away. Well, that's not, that's not usual. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it uh, is, is one of those things where, and, and to this day, and I try to remind myself of it, you know, because obviously memories change as you get older and whatever. Mm, and mm. I try to remind myself of it to try and keep it fresh in my memory. Of course. To this, to this day, I can tell you that. One minute I was pissed because he was there, and the next minute he was just gone. Right. One thing that's interesting about that is the fact that you didn't go into the experience having the story in mind. You right. found out the story after the fact, which right. then gave the context right. to be freaked out. How long afterward did you hear the story? Literally the next, the next morning. morning. That's what I thought you said. So, it's, so it's not yeah. like you had like weeks to then kind of forget what happened and then hear the story. Right. And think, oh, yeah, that must have been oh, how yeah, it went. That was the car. It, it was guy. so right. fresh in your mind. So right, it was exactly. probably pretty much exactly as you remembered it when you then heard, oh, this exactly is what people right. have seen. Exactly right. I mean, I remember, 
you know, it's it's at that point it's 10 a.m. It's almost midday, and I remember sitting in my basement just being like, I got to get the hell out of this basement. <laughs> you know, like I'm freaked out now. Like, yeah. uh, you know, so uh, but yeah, it was it, it was it was pretty intense. And and like I said, I try I try to be someone who explains things and and uh, you know whatever the case may be. And and that's the that's the one time mm. that is really still uh, in my entire life that's the one time where it's like mm, some, something felt weird about that you sure know what i mean sure so, not unexplainable but it did that's the one time that i was like well could you be, got that vibe know. yeah i was just gonna ask if you had other uh occasions maybe during tours or things you've heard from other folks that they've experienced that they've uh, recounted to you uh <laughs> that are strange in the chicago area sure well as far as tours um for, so for the Prohibition tour, our first stop of the tour is Harry Carey's. Uh, I think that would have been where you started the tour, Jake. Yep. Harry Carey's. Okay. Did Sydney doesn't like to talk about it because it actually freaks her out. She explicitly said, Harry, I don't, "There's there's a story I don't like to talk about. It freaks me out, but there's ghost stuff, whatever." She really okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bare minimum yeah, about it, it but <laughs> yeah, it actually does really bother her. So we don't we don't try to hold her to it. But sure. Um, so yeah, Frank Nitty. So to give you a little bit of background, please. Um, the Capone organization, obviously run by Al Capone, uh, his number two in command was a guy by the name of Frank Nitty. Mm. Uh, Frank Nitty was called Frank the Enforcer Nitty because he was one of Capone's main enforcers, but mm. uh, he also was one of the main architects of the entire operation in terms of the day-to-day -day dealings of the booze coming in and out and the money handling and things like that. Wow. When Capone went to what well, actually he and Capone went to prison together. Hmm. Um, he got he got a slightly uh, lesser sentence um, because they were really going after Capone. He right. got a slightly lesser sentence when he got out. He become he became the de facto day to day boss uh, while Capone was in prison. Officially um, becomes gritty nitty. I think at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he uh, he ends up actually getting caught in a scheme to blackmail several Hollywood studios. Wow! Uh, in, in in the in the late forties, and crap. is sentenced to prison again. Uh, he had stomach cancer at the time. He also was a severe claustrophobic, huh. and so because he figured it was, you know, the end was near anyway, he actually uh -huh. ended up killing himself. Mm -hmm. um, but the Harry Carries where we start the tour, uh, he had an office on the fourth floor because the, the building was owned by his wife's family uh, where they ran the Caravetta Cheese uh, Company. Hmm. Uh, and he rented a fourth floor office and apartment. And the reason he had that is because he could oversee the um, the courthouse, which was about a block away. And he could see who was coming out, maybe who got arrested that day, uh -huh. whatever the case may be. That's uh, in, very crafty. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> so in 1998, they were doing some construction and they punched through a wall, and they found this big open cavern uh, that they didn't know was there. And once they got in there, they found this safe, which Jake saw. And the uh, the safe, once they cracked it open, had Nitty's personal address book in there. Um, and so it was clearly his vault. They also found that that was connected to a tunnel system that went through the entire uh, downtown area. Wow. Um, where people could come in and out without being seen. So, um Although he did not kill himself on the premises, it is rumored that he haunts near the vault, um, mm. but also up on the fourth floor where his apartment and office was. Mm -hmm. Now, me me personally, I've never seen or even felt or had the EBGBs about anything down there. Mm -hmm. And I've actually gone into those cavernous spaces. Sydney hasn't been in there, uh, but that's one of the perks of being the owner of a company is you get to go into these other things sure. uh, w without the tour. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in there. I've never seen anything that even slightly bothers me uh, or makes me think twice. Um, as far as our customers have gone, uh, nobody has seen anything. The other thing that uh, happened at Harry Carey's, I don't know if Sydney mentioned this on the tour, but there's a big bust of Harry Carey right when you walk in through the front doors. Hmm. The day that the Ricketts family bought the Chicago Cubs, hmm. From the bust of Harry Carey came this banging noise. What? It happened for 24 hours. They were never able to figure out where it came from, what the sound was, or why it was happening. Hmm. After 24 hours, it ended. So their theory, their story is that that was Harry Carey from the beyond um, cheering, essentially, because that was the family that was finally going to bring a World Series uh, to the Chicago (laughs) Cubs. So anyway, that's that's the story they tell. But wow. uh, yeah, they 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 brought in people to look and study it, and no one was <laughs> able to figure out why the sound was happening. So that's interesting. Uh, I, I wasn't there personally to witness it, but uh, um, yeah, they they love to tell that story. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as our tours, the the, the biggest thing that I've had is a <laughs> a <laughs> woman who had the gift, of course, uh, the shining, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. We went. <laughs> um, I forget what other place uh, we were at, which also was supposed to be have some haunting. And she was like, really? Because I don't feel anything here. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Okay. You're like, there's uh, spirits and, right there. Drink any of them we like. And then the last place we were at, which conveniently is at the end of the tour, after she's been drinking for four hours, mm-hmm. um, that's when she's like, yeah, I don't like this place. I'm getting a vibe in here. I'm like, yeah, you're <laughs> that's, that's what the problem is. It's making me drunk. feel very dizzy and nauseous, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, um, I'll tell you this fun story. Go on. Uh, my, my uncle, I'm, I'm, I'm raised Catholic. My uncle is a Catholic priest. Mm. Um, our family home, which is in Downers Grove, was built in the 60s. We built the house. Wow. No one died in there, nothing like that. That you know of. And that we know of, yeah. <laughs> So Some people came over, snuck in, died, and then you never knew. <laughs> yeah, I was the last person to live in the house, and I lived there for, mm, I don't know, probably about six months by myself. Mm. For whatever reason, and everyone will tell you that has ever spent a night in that house, there is something weird about that house. Mm. It's just slightly unsettling, whatever mm-hmm. the case is. Every single person who has lived there, stayed there, whatever, will tell you something is slightly off about it. Mm. Anyway, so over the course of about a week or so, Every time I would go to the bathroom, my dog would follow me into the bathroom, turn around, point himself towards the door, and just stare out into the hallway Ugh. and stand like a like a like like a stone, right. just stare out into the hallway. And it was starting to be like, oh, "What are you looking at?" But like, yeah. like so, you know. So then it was about the end of that week, and I was I was kind of having a dream, and I had this dream that someone was like like grabbing me like this. And what woke Whoa. me up was the very real sensation of someone going like that. What? For for our listeners who yes. can't see this, it's that uh, you grabbed a shirt and pulled out and let go. Like right near yeah, the collar, but, kind yeah. of. Right, but not just the shirt. Like, like, like it, 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 it felt like it chest. was... Right, 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 right. What? Oh, damn. So was it the dark? Here's, here's the... Yeah, I know, right? Here's the problem with that. Uh, just in case you guys ever are in that situation, <laughs> don't ask a Catholic priest about it. Yeah, right. Uh, exactly. He's not going to reassure you. No, okay? sure. Because what happened was, I told him, I was like, yes, I told him, I was like, here's the thing, I'm kind of feeling this, I don't know, I'm just, whatever, I just wanted to talk it out. Right. And he goes, well, I can tell you this, the devil is real. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, man, that's not what I wanted to. He's like, easy, easy, easy. Yeah, let's, let's take it, let's just relax a little bit. Uh, anyway, wow. yeah, those are my, the, that's pretty much all my experiences right there, so. 
Did anything uh, else yeah. happen with the hand clawing? No, effect? that was it. Um, so it was I the talk- devil then. Apparently, Solid. I talked to awesome. I, I talked to him, and then you know, the devil. The, <laughs> not the devil. I, I talked know, to I my know. uncle. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I talked to my uncle, uh, yeah. and then you know, being the very the the the, the lapsed Catholic that I am, <laughs> he was like, "Well, when you get in a situation, just say a prayer." Right. Uh, and so I would like, if I was started to get anxious, I would say in Our Father, and mm-hmm. I never experienced anything like that again the rest of the time I was there. There you <laughs> go. So uh, I don't know. Uh, the brain is a weird thing, and it'll it's it'll true. make you it'll make you feel like things are happening that aren't actually happening. Very so, true. But uh, yeah, that's wow. a, that's about my experiences in a in a rather lengthy nutshell. There. Nonsense. No, that's, that's really great. cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, so you absolutely. Are, a, are you a lifelong Chicago denizen? Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the rules about that. Um, <laughs> I was I was born and raised in the suburbs, which means I am not allowed to say I'm from Chicago. Okay. Um, it, you, only if you're born and raised in the city limits are you allowed to say that. So are you like uh, GCA in that case? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm from the Chicago area, um, or what we would call the Chicago land area. Um, uh-huh. But uh, I've been in the city for ten years now. Uh, sure. So. Uh, I think, especially running the tour that I do, I think I get to claim it at this point. So Yeah, there you go. But the rule out here is if you're from anywhere in the eastern half of Massachusetts, you have to say you're from just outside of Boston. Yeah, oh, exactly. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Being uh, from the Chicago area anyway, yeah. certainly you've lived there for the last several years. Sure. Have you in that time seen any giant bat creatures flying around the city? <laughs> Okay, so is that a thing? I don't even know. It's uh, uh, <laughs> the, it is in fact a thing. It's called unofficially. It's called the Chicago Phantom. Even less officially, it's called by us the Phantom of the Chicago. Um, okay, yeah, but, I, I'll, I'm gonna be real honest with you. You are enlightening me into this uh, thing. Uh, I've in other not words, heard it, of this. it's real. It just has evaded your <laughs> sight. Yes. I mean, well, thanks, thanks for that. I yeah, appreciate right. that. Now I got another thing to worry about. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mostly in 2017, there were a bunch of sightings in the greater Chicago metro area of uh, these giant, like, humanoid okay, bat creatures. You know what? All right. Now that you actually describe it like that, I do have a <laughs> vague memory of when that was going around. Yes. But I never really looked into it that seriously. Because I always thought of it as, a, what is it, the, the Mothman. Yeah, I always right. thought that that was a continuation of the Mothman Oh, thing. very much. So, I, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, <laughs> no. I've seen actual bats. Yes. Uh, it's funny. I've, I've only been I've only been to Chicago twice now. Once back in December when I did the Pro- Prohibition tour, and then once yeah. um, just a few weeks ago actually I was there, and both times I was just looking around frantically at the skyline trying to figure out what could people have seen that they would have thought were giant humanoid bats. Yeah, I don't know about that. I can tell you that. Um, I mean, the one thing I would look at to explain that, and obviously they're not as big as human beings, but the falcons and the eagles have actually started to come back to the mm. area. That's exactly um, what we ended up mm-hmm, hearing about. In 2017 mm-hmm. in particular, there's so many accounts of this happening, just blowing up in that one particular year. And then yeah. later people were saying, oh, you know, bald eagles have made a really big comeback in the right. area by like at this time. So many people were right. seeing those, and it was surprising. Yeah, I think, because you know what started to happen is uh, because of, uh, rat poisoning and things like that. Mm. Um, the the falcon and eagle population was dying off because they were ingesting these poisons. So mm-hmm. now, with consciousness of that, uh, the the uh, <clears throat> the population has started to regenerate a little bit. So I, you know, for if, if you grew up in the city of Chicago and you've never left Chicago and you've never seen a bird that big, I could certainly understand how that would make you go, "What the hell is that thing?" Right. Yeah. So um, I bet that's what it is. 
that's what we're related yes, to. Yes, indeed. That's a very, uh, a very yeah. good statement indeed. Many, yeah. many yeah. of, if not most of these stories have been channeled through one particular person who just he, um, has, he runs a website that's all about just paranormal stuff happening and he, okay. he just um, is super just all in on believing every single one of the stories that comes his way and then sure. reports people's accounts about this particular phenomenon and then puts it on his website. So then when people look, like, oh, they saw something weird flying in the sky in Chicago, Google it, his website comes up, and they're like, oh, other people have yeah. seen this thing too? Oh, it's a monster? Oh, man. And uh, then it just keeps yeah. adding to the yeah. stories that way. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see how that happens, yeah. It's it's funny because, you know, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, what I do, in terms of giving tour, I have an amazing platform to make people believe whatever I want to tell them. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. quite frankly, myself, I know, I, I'm sure Sydney could do it too. We, we, we can do it. We can do it with straight faces. You know, I've That's always awesome. wanted, I've always wanted to do a tour where <laughs> it just gets progressively more batshit crazy as we go along. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like the, like the first say hour is stuff where you're like, Oh gee, I didn't, I guess I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Oh, okay. But then by the end, it's like Capone never went to prison. That's a government conspiracy. Yeah, right. Uh, they actually sent him to World War II. <laughs> He's who killed Hitler. <laughs> you know, like, just something so completely like, batshit insane <laughs> yeah. that people are like, what? Hey, <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> but you know you're, you know you're going to get one that's like, you know, I heard this story in Chicago that this guy told. <laughs> or I was even going to say, as you're delivering the final punchline, they finish the sentence for you. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, what yeah, the right. hell? You were thinking oh, about my. this already? <laughs> yeah, oh my God, that was a thing? Yeah. I thought I made that up. What you could do is if you do end up doing another one of those tours for the uh, University of Chicago grad students. Oh, that's a perfect group for that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll say this. They're real smart kids, but they're real smart in that field there you go yes. that is their there that is go. their lane and they really don't know anything outside of that lane mm-hmm. so so yeah i'm pretty sure i could get away with that you could get away with it <laughs> so uh on that same end are there certain misconceptions that you've experienced with the public as far as the prohibition era or speakeasies in general like things that they come in with that they're like oh isn't it like this yeah for sure like, Actually, for sure uh so i mean that's kind of the stuff that we cover on the tour I is, is and, and that's one of the things we tell people at the beginning. And I don't want to give too, uh, too much too. I was going to say, yeah, that, I don't want to um, ask you questions that make you no, dime okay. to stuff. Um, yeah. And I can certainly mention a couple of things, but, you know, one of the things we tell people at the beginning of the tour is we are going to dispel a lot of the rumors mm. um, that, that Hollywood puts in your head about what uh, mm-hmm. Prohibition was and what the speakeasy was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we have had people that, you know... Uh, that come in and they were expecting the sliding wall, you know, the, the walk through a phone booth to get in (laughs) or, you know, like I know I can't think of what city it's in, but there's a city. So New York has got one where it's, it's you, you, it's in a hotel Mm. and you go up to a specific floor and you walk in and there's just a woman sitting on the bed mm-hmm. and then you sit down on the bed with her and then like oh. the whole thing slides into another room. Oh my God. And, and, like, and like that's where the thing is. Or no, no, no. Sorry. That's L.A. Um, oh, the, one in New York, right the one in New <laughs> yeah. York. The one in New York is you have to walk through a phone booth mm-hmm. to okay. get into this space. Um, and then there's another one. The guy just told me about it where you walk into a dry cleaners and then you just sit in the dry cleaners until someone is like, we've got room for you now. Yeah. Right. Um, Crawl into this machine. (laughs) Right. So, and then there, then there's places like, um, uh, there's a place up in Milwaukee called the safe house Mm. where 
you go in and I can't remember what the the thing is, but like you have to say like the password is yeah. we're looking for a safe house. And if you don't say that, then they make you do like a little dance. They, uh, you pay for it. And then, and then that's all on. Yeah. That's all on cameras that the people inside the space can see. <laughs> so I did have, I did have a woman one time. This is very early on. Mm-hmm. Come up and say, so have you ever heard of the safe house in Milwaukee? Like this, that's really what we were expecting. <laughs> and I was, and I was like, I totally get that. And right. I'm sorry. That's not, what you're getting but like this is we're telling you what the real thing is like we're showing you what the actual history is so i'm sorry that that's what your expectations were but that's just not the reality did you then make her do a little dance in front of the group just to make her feel better (laughs) actually as i remember it her family was actually a lot of fun like they were on board they were like yeah whatever this is great this is cool that's awesome um yeah credit i guess so uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, we do, we do dispel a lot of, as I said, dispel a lot of the ideas that, that Hollywood has put into people's heads about what the era was and all kinds of stuff like that. That's interesting to hear because there is a speakeasy in New Hampshire, um, called Codex and to enter, you go into this, there's the sign for it is on the corner where it is, but you can't get okay. into that door. You have to go around to another side door. That's like for some like family center or something. And there's like just light jazz music playing when you get inside. Okay. And then there's a bookcase when you get all the way around the corner, a you pull, case, pull one particular quote. book and it rings a bell inside and they flip sure. it open and then you, and then they ask to see your library card, which is your ID. Sure. Uh, I will say this though. Some, some of that stuff in terms of, of hiding stuff behind right. a bookshelf or whatever. That's, that's, I, I, that's fine. I, that, yeah. that there's plenty of evidence of that. Um, uh, you know, even, even hiding the, the party area in a, in a back room or in a basement or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm good with all that stuff, but you know, it just wasn't that complicated. You yeah. Know? Right. I mean, there, the, the New York city was estimated to have, um, I, I think it was 50,000 to a hundred thousand speakeasies. Wow. Okay. It, basically, they were high school parties. You got booze in a basement. You, <laughs> right. You've got a speakeasy. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, some some of it's some of it's okay. A lot of it is way overblown. Um, but yeah, so we try to we try to 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 nip that in the bud, as they say. Mm-hmm. One of the things I remember learning was um, about just drinks that were common of the era. People would go on the tour and ask, uh, oh, "What's what's like a really um, yeah. a classic yeah, yeah. drink I could order yeah. back at the time." Yeah, and what's your answer to that? My my answer. Uh, so this is on, I I'm I'm assuming so we all borrow from each other by the way sure. as guides and we all we all steal each other's jokes and everything. So my thing is there is is and I'll I'll give it to you verbatim is um I always love it when someone on the tour comes up and says like what's like what's like a really traditional prohibition era drink like right. what should I get and I just want to grab a glass and a bottle of whiskey and go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. he is pantomiming, pouring the whiskey straight into the glass and <laughs> yeah, handing it to yeah, them. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess people can't see it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No sorry, worries. Yeah. This is from someone who pantomimes every episode. I love almost. pantomiming, and I, it's a compulsion. So yeah, no, no, no. You're yeah, good company. So to to explain what I just did, the point there yes. is that people were drinking what I like to refer to as the straight juice, <laughs> whether it be just straight straight whiskey, straight gin, right. straight beer. And by the way, those are the big ones. Beer, whiskey, gin. I always beer was beer. always the biggest. So, Very cool. That's yeah. cool. I guess in that case, that kind of kills my question, which was going to be, what is your favorite Prohibition era drink? Here I am coming in with these <laughs> misconceptions. I'm like, they're mixing up some crazy Prohibition era well, shit. You know what's interesting about that is that just because – uh, drink innovations weren't happening in America doesn't mean they were weren't happening in other places. Okay, yeah. So there there was a drink that was developed in 
I think it was in France, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. It's called the Scofflaw. So um, the Scofflaw was a word that was, there was a contest held by, I think, the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And it was during Prohibition. And the idea was to come up with a word that encapsulated what was happening in America. People mm-hmm. breaking the law to get their booze and whatever. And two people split the prize. And I can't remember what the what the prize was, but they both came up with the same word, which was scoff law, scoffing at the law. They both right? went to jail, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so I believe it was in France, and again, I would have to look that up. Uh, a bartender came up with a drink called the scoff law. It's mm-hmm. a whiskey-based drink. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of drinks that like that, I know for sure were actually developed during mm. um, during uh, the Prohibition era. That's the one that I know of for sure, and and it is really good. So that's cool. Uh, but I'm a whiskey guy. I'm a whiskey guy. Like, give me anything that's got whiskey in it, and I'm I'm probably gonna be. You're okay. gonna, yeah, <laughs> so, I got you. Yeah. That's cool. So you have a background in bartending. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I uh, yes, um, I'm actually oddly enough a way better bartender now than I ever was when I that's actually cool. was a bartender. Um, <laughs> be- because part of doing this, and also, you know, uh, Chicago has a really great mixology scene. Uh, and one of my best friends is a fantastic mixologist. He mm. actually now works for, for Maker's Mark. I don't know if you can put that on your podcast. But oh, sure. um, he, uh, uh, so I, I, you know, I would follow him to whatever bars he was working at. And so I've learned a lot more about the craft at this point than I ever knew when I was actually bartending. So, awesome. That's so interesting. So you have some more mixology under your belt than you might have had in the past? Perhaps. Oh, way, way, way better, <laughs> way, way better. Yeah. So, given where you are, given where you are now in terms of what you have learned, what would you say might go into an Irish crocodile? Jesus Christ, um, I have no idea. I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> That's fair. I, I've I've not heard of it. It is a made up drink. Oh, it's a made up drink. So we're wondering, based on just the name, and we'll give you a little background. An Irish crocodile is a, I, I, a monster. So it's got to have whiskey in it, right? Oh, it absolutely. Yeah, is. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think okay. initially when we talked about it, it's it's what a giant otter monster in Ireland is that correct? Yes, there's some sort of like cryptid creature thing, a okay. beast of lore in Ireland that okay. is basically the name translates to something along the lines of like a, s- sort of a crocodile monster. Yeah, type I think thing. the actual name in okay. Irish is Dorku. Um, and uh, so we were laughing that it's like an Irish crocodile, and we were like, that sounds like a good drink, but our name for a drink. It almost sounds like a like it'd be better as a shot, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Some something like it's got to have whiskey, and then since it's a crocodile, so it's green. I would say like a creme de menthe or something Ooh, like that. Ah, okay. Something something along those lines. Maybe add a splash of Bailey's, whatever. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. So, okay, right. cool. <laughs> sounds a lot better than what we had we've, come up we've with. We've had a couple of different uh, attempts at this, none of which have worked out well. So They've that sounds a lot more grand successful. Grand failures. Yeah, well, there's you want to follow the golden ratio, right? So uh, what is that? Two one one. So you want to do two ounces of whatever your basic spirit is. You huh. want to do something to add sweetness you want to do something to add bitterness and that's wow. going to help that's going to create the the, the flavor profile or, or that's what you want to shoot for anyway wow i had never heard of so that that's very really, interesting yeah. actually yeah Opening our eyes. <laughs> i'm now imagining that if you spill any drink mixed to that uh you know dimension on a piece of paper and overlay a spiral it will <laughs> <Yeah>. perfectly <laughs> cover out into the distance <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna leave that to you guys i, yeah, I have sure. no idea what the science is behind that so um uh awesome uh, what drew you to the Prohibition era? Well, so the the fun thing about being even from the Chicagoland area is 
likely if you are growing up in the suburbs, that means your parents or your grandparents or whoever were in the city at some point. Right. Um, not a lot of people, you know, come from other places to Chicago immediately to the suburbs. Most mm-hmm. of them move to the city. So in my case, uh, my great-grandparents originally emigrated to Racine. Um, they moved to Chicago at one point where my great-grandfather opened up a flower shop. And then when the Depression hit, the flower shop folded, and he took the younger half of the family back up to Wisconsin. So my grandfather uh, goes back to Chicago all the way into the early 20s Mm. um, or mid-20s or so. Uh, My grandmother was born in the city in 1929, um, and then my mother was born in the city, and then I was born out in the suburbs. So the the thing about um, if your family goes back far enough, in Chicago, there's there's almost a 100% chance that someone in your family somewhere down the line mm. is connected to all of this stuff. Wow. Whether, it be, whether it be super directly, like, you know, we're actually part of the organization somehow, or peripherally lived in the neighborhood with, or went to school with, or mm. went to the same church as, or whatever the case may be. Mm. Everybody's got stories. Everybody's got stories. Um so these are, you know, they're almost like our bedtime stories. Like these are people we've learned about growing up, like mm. Capone and like my great uncle supposedly worked for the Capone organization as a driver and also a bouncer at one of the speakeasies. Wow. Um, so, you know, there's that <clears throat> there's that feeling that it's a part of you. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for for me, um, what's fascinating to me is that. We're coming up on 100 years since Prohibition began. In fact, next uh, January will be the 100th anniversary of the beginning of Prohibition. Wow. Um, uh, where it actually was enforced. We actually had the passage date last year on January 16th of 1919 uh, is when it was passed. And then January 17th of 1920 is when it actually went into effect, when the mm-hmm. law actually went into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so almost 100 years later at this point, it's fascinating to me that if you are from outside the city of Chicago, particularly uh, foreigners, uh, this seems to be the case, Europeans, um, they come to Chicago or you go somewhere and tell someone you're from Chicago, within a half an hour of that conversation, Al Capone will be mentioned. <laughs> right. It is just the way it goes. So I was, al- I was always kind of fascinated as to like, A, why is that? Why after a hundred years, we've had... Michael Jordan, we've had Oprah, we have Barack Mm -hmm. Obama, you know, Mm -hmm. we have all these incredible figures. Um, Why is Al Capone still like top three, right? Right. Um, And so I started to delve into that and kind of think about, you know, um, why that is, but also kind of understand the fact that, okay, that is the case. That means there's a market there. Um, (laughs) And also there are gangster tours in the city already. There are crime tours. No one was approaching it from the standpoint of prohibition right nobody nobody was looking at it as to why these people became who they were they were just uh, doing tours about who they were so our thing was well let's go into these speakeasies let's go into these places that still exist Mm. and let's kind of try to give people a feel of what the era was really like and then we'll talk about the gangsters but that'll almost be sort of ancillary to the entire uh to the entire story so once we kind of realized that we had a niche to fill uh, that's when we were able to really start putting things into motion and do the research and figure out where we wanted to go and who we wanted to talk to and why and all that fun kind of stuff. That's so cool. Yeah, it's been a good it's been a good time. It's been quite the ride. I know you also do a uh, pizza tour or do you yes, still? Yes, we do. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, as I mentioned uh, way uh, back, um, 
uh, my business partner, John Porter, he outright owns the uh, pizza. And actually, that is how we met each other was uh, I was bartending at a pizzeria that he used to bring the pizza tour into. Oh, cool. Um, and because I've always been kind of a nerd, as, especially as far as sh- Chicago history goes, sure. I knew a little. I knew a little bit about the building, and I knew a little bit about the neighborhood. And mm. so he would do all the pizza stuff, and then he would ask me if I would talk to the group about uh, <clears throat> um, about the uh, about the building and neighborhood. So I would do that, and then I also had a, a CDL commercial driver's license. And uh, when he expanded his business, he asked if I would want to come work uh, for him. So I said sure. Um, And one of his uh, original guides was his cousin, Mike. Um, uh, Mike's a real nice guy, but he's not a great tour guide. Oh, I know Mike. Uh, I don't like that guy at all. And and he, uh, I just pulled him aside and I was like, look, man, he's saying stuff that's just verifiably not true. And that's going to, that's going to come back to bite us in the ass at some point. Uh, And so he asked if I wanted to be a guide and Mm -hmm. I said, sure. And slow i shouldn't say slowly relatively quickly worked my way up to essentially Overnight. his second in command yeah 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 <laughs> to his second second in command and then brought him the idea for the prohibition tour and there we are that's awesome. so cool you have any spooky pizza stories about chicago <laughs> <laughs> dish that was just too deep i no i can't tell you though that the i mean you obviously we've just been spending a lot of time talking about gangsters and stuff mm. boy boy the animosity among pizzerias in chicago is unbelievable wow it is it is a gigantic high school full yeah. of angry ass people that all hate each other it's uh, they all pretend like they like each other and when they're in front of each other they're like oh yeah how you doing i haven't seen you in a while. the minute that person's out of the room that guy's pizza sucks turn that guy into like pepperoni. it's 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 unbelievable it's absolutely unbelievable man oh man that's amazing are there like pizza houses that <laughs> i wouldn't dare to call them huts but um <laughs> sort of like families that uh yeah for sure are yeah, the, dug the, in as deeply as the sort of uh yeah gangster lineage, the, if you will the, the malnati family is the first name in chicago pizza so they're anything but nice uh they actually are really nice people um, but uh <laughs> but they hate nice. each other that's what's funny is um oh it's infighting so yeah, so they, they, they are responsible for Uno's, Due's, Lou Malnati's, and Paisano's. And those are four of the biggest deep dish places They're in the They're responsible for the Illuminati. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not Illuminati. Lou Malnati's. I'm just playing. Um, yeah, no, no it's, I'm, I'm saying that because that happens every time I get a tour. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm dead serious. Happens every time. That's amazing. One of our guides has actually turned it into a joke. There you and go. And he goes, look, he'll say, I'm not trying to talk down to you. I know you've never heard of the place. I'm just being clear. It's Lou Malnati's. We do not have a pizzeria that is named Illuminati. <laughs> so you're not the first. Trust me. But, but uh, they but do yeah, make they, a uh, triangle-shaped pizza with an eyeball in the middle, though. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, um, okay. No, but they yeah they're responsible for four of the biggest names in Chicago style deep dish, and wow. uh, um, I would say that's probably that's probably the big one. Everyone everyone falls in line behind them. Wow. So. And Uno ended up being the one that franchised all around and became the thing that we have out here and stuff, right? Yeah, it did. And it's it, I'm, it's funny to hear you say that because I actually, other than the original Uno's, which is at uh, Rush and I can't remember at the moment, um, Rush in Ohio. I, mm. I don't know of another. They used to be all over uh, the Chicagoland area. I don't know of another Uno's outside of the original one so because there can only be one in the in the chicago area it seems to have failed and so it's always it's always funny to me to hear people from other places go oh yeah we've got uno's out by us so Mm -hmm. 
So I, uh, that's good. I, I'm, I'm glad that they're at least functioning in other states. <laughs> <laughs> but the original Unos is still there, still doing great. That's but, cool. So I don't know if they, I don't know if that became part of a different, like if they bought the rights to franchise it or whatever that is. So uh, I'm not even sure that the the original and the franchise are connected at this point. Right. So. I think they may have disconnected a bit. I remember looking at. I remember being confused. We went on uh, after we did the Prohibition tour. The following morning, we did a uh, the Underground Donut tour. Which was also okay. pretty great, and uh, and then we walked past, I think, both Unos and Dues, and um, he said something about the history of it. Like, that doesn't sound right. We ended up looking it up. It's like actually it wasn't right, but we found other stuff about it that was interesting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean it's a fascinating. Like you know, I, w- when I first heard about the pizza tour, I remember thinking like, really, that's a thing? People go on that? <laughs> uh, but then getting involved in it, I mean, the the story is actually really great, and and it's it's fun to watch people kind of... I mean, it's it, the Prohibition Tour is the same way. It's it's always fun to watch people have that really, you know, that, mm, that oh my god moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I always love seeing that. And that's, that's what so we, cool. We, that's what we hopefully try to provide for people, so. Absolutely. Very cool. To that yeah. end, do you have um, things coming up that you'd like to plug? or uh... This episode will be coming out on October 3rd, so anything between now and October 3rd, you can uh, yeah. plug away. No. Or afterward, yeah, rather. Afterward, specifically. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, we do have a couple of uh, things that are coming down the uh, the, the pike here. Um, we have an event that we're working on with a distillery called The Well. Uh, it's mm. in Thornton, Illinois, which is uh, about 45 minutes south of the city. Um, they have a direct connection to the Capone organization uh, with a guy by the name of uh, Jake Greasy Thumb Gusick. Um, who you gotta used get to you a new their, name, Jake. <laughs> 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 who, used to, who used to run their operation down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working on a repeal day event with them. Hmm. Uh, repeal day is December 5th. Okay. Um, and uh, we have another thing that I absolutely cannot tell you about right now. Oh. Um, so uh, uh, if if this comes through, I will. You will be among the first to know. I'll let you guys know. But uh, uh, as far as uh, the pizza tour and the prohibition tour in general, it's just business as usual. You can come. You know, if you're in Chicago, come check us out. Uh, it's prohibitiontours.com and uh, chicagopizzatours.com. Real simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but other than that, it's just business as usual. Cool. For the most part. Well, damn. Thank you very much for joining us today, Jeff. Oh, it was, it was absolutely my pleasure. Yeah, I love doing stuff like this. Any anytime, guys. Well, that was very cool. Yeah, thanks so much, Jonathan, for joining us. Before we go, we do have this machine. It seems to be actually trying to turn itself on. I know it's the light flickering. Yeah, I don't. We weren't ready quite yet, but I think it's time to thank some patrons for their support. Yes, indeed, let us fire it up. Fire it up first before plugging in. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Ooh. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> kind of gave <laughs> a weird like shock wave when it turned you on. A strange. Yeah, I saw that. Your whole skin kind of rippled in a weird way, <laughs> as though in slow motion. <laughs> And, uh, all right, well, you want to plug it in first? Uh, oh, yeah, put it into my, my head. By that, I mean exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Just... Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> what? Now, why did you make to... a sound effect with your mouth? <laughs> because I was trying to prepare myself for what it was going to be like <laughs> when it happened, and it just makes it... It's sometimes really weird and uncomfortable, and it yeah. just made it a little bit more... I see. I was I see. readier for it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you can hear over the real sounds the machine is already making. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Jake, with your turn first. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is the segment where we use the uh, this machine we've had for a while now. Um, we have a setting for it now that is the Patient Appreciation Neural Dive for Evaluation of Risk. 
we actually just basically focus on some of our patrons who support us on Patreon. And now that we have these cables hooked up to our brains, uh, the machine itself will determine which cryptid they need to be on the lookout for. So let's just uh, see. I'm going to focus in on Michael from Catonsville. Uh, Catonsville? Is it Catonsville? Is that's pronounced? Catonsville. Catonsville, Maryland, a.k.a. the show's dad. Keep an ever-watchful eye lest you encounter Old Yellowtop. <laughs> Not to be confused with Old Yellowtop, this 7-foot, 2.1-meter Sasquatch-like creature was sighted several times around the town of Cobalt, Ontario. Ooh. Descriptions of the creature by eyewitnesses closely resemble that of a Sasquatch. However, it has a blonde patch of hair on its head and a light-colored mane, hence its name. Oh, wow. One of the earliest sightings of Old Yellowtop was in July 1923, so it's quite an elderly, uh, <laughs> blonde-headed... um practically a thing. thousand years old. Easily. The very first, I think, was in 1901 or something, and then mm. this is another one in 1923, when two prospectors, experienced woodsmen J.A. McCauley and Lorne Wilson, were taking test samples of their mining claims northeast of uh, Wetlaufer Mine near Cobalt. Mm. They saw what initially looked like uh, looked to be a bear feasting in a blueberry patch, with courage that bordered on recklessness. <laughs> with great hair. Yes, uh, Mr. Wilson threw a stone at the animal. The creature stood up, growled, and ran into the night. Wilson said that the head was kind of yellow and the what? rest of it was black, like a bear. But he had never seen such a bear, so a weird encounter. Ran into the night. Yeah. Hmm. All <laughs> I right. guess they were doing just nighttime stone sampling. Uh, why, not? Yeah, why not? Sure. It seems to mostly stick to the area around Cobalt, Ontario. So, Michael, never go to Canada. And thank you for your support. Dad. <laughs> All right. So, let's see here. Nicola from Round Hill, Virginia. Be on the lookout for... Adam? <laughs> huh. Oh, wait. Another name is coming through. Japis? Japace? Adam Japace? <laughs> I think I knew that guy in high school, but these are also hominids said to be hairy, wild, men-like humanoids that live in Central Asia. Nicola, I know you love the eastern Pamir Mountains, Kunlun Mountains, and the southern Xinjiang Uyghur <laughs> Autonomous Region of China. <laughs> Stay away! <laughs> this is where they are, apparently. Uh, according to locals, they are excellent runners and swimmers and have the ability to make primitive tools like the iPhone one out of sticks and stones. <laughs> they are said to have no speech, but do make muttering type noises to communicate with each other. So basically, they're me. <laughs> Thanks so much for your support, Nicola. We appreciate it. We really do. We appreciate all of your support. And at any level of uh, support on Patreon, you can be entered into a chance to randomly, randomly be selected to have your own uh, cryptid drawn or <laughs> calculated or assessed or otherwise computed. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's turn this thing off. So we'll get these things out of our brains yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, doesn't that make it feel a little bit less, uh, somehow less visceral when you add the sounds? Mm, I was just taking a sip of beer. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah, so that's the segment, and it's over, and thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> thank you to Jonathan for thank joining us. Thank you very much again, Jonathan. We really appreciate it. That was awesome. We'll have links to um, the Prohibition Tours website where you can book a tour for that. Highly recommended. Very cool time. Jake has actually been on it, as you heard in the interview. <laughs> yes. Uh, as well as the Chicago Pizza Tours site, which is uh, some, some fun times I'm mm. looking forward to trying out in the near future. And I'm not. <laughs> 
one day we'll get you out there and we can <laughs> we can all experience it together. It'll That's be great. right. But yes, thank you all very much again for joining us on today's episode. We have more very cool interviews coming up this month. You catch us next week, October 10th. I may or may not be turning 30. And we will be talking to our favorite brewery in the Seacoast area, Earth Eagle. Eagle. So stay tuned stay for that. Stay tuned. <laughs> and uh, yeah, until then, bye. bye.